like, oh my gosh, I missed somebody. Okay, Victoria. Okay, the differences between men and women in the church. Um, did you have some, that? That's all you had. We did talk about a, a couple other things. Oh, I thought Kev, I thought Kevin had double hands. So, um, one of the things though was oh I didn't write down the verse, um, but it, it was all things come from God though. So like even though there's differences between men and women, all things come from God. Um, and so there there was a what verse twelve? Yes, thank you. Verse twelve. Um, and that was one of the verses that I, that I marked down. Um, but it it shows there's differences between men and women, but there's also uh, a unity because all things come from God. Um, and then we also talked about communion and how, um, they weren't doing it very good. Uh, it wasn't about Jesus. It was about the food, it seemed, um, and so, and then he also gave us an admonition to examine ourselves. So, um, this week we will continue that theme on diversity and unity. And then next week, or well, not next week, two weeks from now, uh, in chapter 13, it'll show uh, the most important thing of how we do diversity and unity, like how that works, how we make that work. So, uh, before I get started on the chapter, does anyone know what this is? Wow, the lady's showing you up, just so you know. <laughs> Joa. The thing on the bottom. <laughs> Devin. A, a brake? A brake pad. There we go. All right, so what, what is the job of this? Isaac. To stop my car. Can it do it by itself? Why not? You got to have two of them. Okay. You got to have four of them. Anyone else want to guess? You also have to have eight of them. Because there's two on each side of the rotor. That's if you have disc brakes, by the way. There, there's other ways to stop a car. But yes, Joa? You, got, you are involved. There's a brake pedal. There's a brake booster, there's a brake line, there's brake fluid, there's a caliper, there's a brake pad, there's a rotor, there's lug nuts, and a tire. Isaac? A nail. How is a nail going to stop you right away? It's still going to take a little while to deflate. So... The, the point I wanted to make by bringing this, well, the engine's not going to stop you if you're pushing the gas, so. All right. All right. The point of bringing this, though, this does help me stop, but it's one of many parts in the car that makes me stop. Now, I can't stop without this one part though. Because if you take one brake pad out, guess what's gonna happen? You hit that brake, you hit your brake pedal, and everything else works, but that one that one spot where the pad is missing, oh, lovely, I've got dirty hands. Uh, that one place where that pad's missing, you're gonna have an issue. 
because either the caliper is going to break and leak and then you won't have any brake fluid or it's going to hit the metal and it's going to make nasty noises, ruin the rotor. There's lots of things that if this one brake pad is missing, I'm, I, I won't be able to stop correctly. The car won't function correctly with one thing missing, but it also takes the many parts. And so we're going to look at that, um, kind of that same kind of function in the church. So and so we're going to look at chapter 12. I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole thing, and then we'll kind of go through um, pieces of it. So, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretations of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are, were all given one Spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker and are, sorry, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracle workers, then gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? 
Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. So, um, we see at the very beginning of this chapter, uh, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. So, this is another issue that the Corinthian church, um, there, there was something going on in the church that Paul felt he needed to talk to them. Um, in, in verses 1 through 3, what we see um, is that he's, he's declaring the Christian life to be distinct from the pagan culture that the Corinthians had grown up in before they came to know Jesus. Just like those 220,000 people in Brunei, they're, they're, they lived in a place where people didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know his story. And so when they came to know him, Paul's saying, there are certain things that you used to do that, that that's the way your life was. Those need to be put aside. Um, and so uh, he says, um, oh, sorry, let me go back here. He talks about the, um, the idols that were mute. And that, that, that's where they used to go. They used to be enticed by these idols that could not talk. But then all of a sudden, um, there are words that are spoken because they're in Jesus. He says, uh, you cannot say Jesus is cursed if you have the Spirit of God in you. But instead, you're going to declare Jesus as Lord. And so that change in your life of declaring Jesus as Lord, um, it, it, it makes you different than the culture. Um, so then we go into verses 4 through 6. Um, and I really liked these three verses. He says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God. Did you hear that? Spirit, Lord, God. It's the Trinity right there. He's showing that there's diversity. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There's diversity, but there's unity. And that's, I think, what Paul is really trying to get a hold of the Corinthians with, is that there are differences in our lives. There are, there are things in your guys' past that are way different than mine. You guys have different gifts and abilities than I will ever have. Um, but God builds us all up to be uh, a church, a body, uh, as we'll get to here in a little bit. Um, those, those gifts work together for his good. And, and the Trinity itself is a diverse, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but it's God. Uh, you know, trying to wrap your head around it, it's not easy. But it, he, he's, Paul is pointing to the Trinity partially and, and the different gifts that are given to us, the different ministries that we're called to, um, the different ways that God works in our lives but it's all through God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, diversity, unity. So um, then in verses 7 through 11, uh, he identifies some of the gifts of the church, not all of them. Um, this isn't an exhaustive list, but he, he points out um, different things that, that are gifts that um, the church is given. And what I wanted to point out in this section is that verse 7, he says, 
to each person for the common good. So if you have claimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is living and active, working in your life. He has given you a gift. You have different talents. You have different experiences in your life that make you uniquely qualified for the things and the places where God is going to take you and use you um, for his glory. So I I just wanted to point out uh, verse 7 there. Um, Then he moves in to um, verses 12 through 27 is a lengthy um, bit where he talks about uh, the church as a body. And um, so as a church, we are a body and uh, we enter into the body, he says, um, through one baptism or we all enter through or we are all baptized by one spirit in verse 13. And we all drink, um, we all have the same spiritual drink uh, there in verse 13. We, we all come into the church because of Jesus. He, he is that, that doorway um, into the body. And then we also are nourished and fed by the Spirit. Um, so we all have a common way into the church, and we all have a common... Um, sustaining power within the church. Um, and so it, it unites us, but then he goes on and he, he talks about eyes and ears and feet, and, and they're all different. Um, you, you know, I was thinking about this. If, if my eye was the body of Christ and somebody throws a rock at my eye, it's coming straight at me. I'm going to be really glad that I have a hand to catch the rock, you know? And and if my nose smells a pile of brownies, I'm going to be really glad that I have feet to get me over to that pile of brownies um, because I, my mouth will also be very happy to partake of those yummy, delicious brownies. Um, there are things and ways that, that we can work and move in the culture in our context. And here in Eureka or um, wherever you live, you know, wherever you end up in life, there are things that you do as a church that, that one person can't do. Like Dave cannot meet every person, um, Dave Steinbeck, our pastor here, he cannot meet every person that comes in the door. And so we have a welcome team, people that that's their gift of, of seeing people and talking to them. You know, and he also can't mow the grass and prepare his sermon every week during the summer. Like, so there's a team that mows the grass. There are different things, different abilities, time that you have that you can do. Um, they're different, but it all goes together to making the church function. And, and, and when that functions, then we can each do our job a little bit better. Um, and so we don't want to be, um, we don't want to be critical of ourselves. I can't get up there and preach every Sunday like Dave does. Um, but that's his gift, and that's useful for the church. But I can do, what, what can I do? That, that really needs to be the, the frame of mind that you need to have, is what has God given me? What am I able to do to, to look at the person next to me and, and say, you know what? How can I help that brother or that sister in their life? 
I can ask that question. I can make those connections in a way that, that just isn't possible for one person to do for, for this big of a group. Um, so then chapter 28, he returns back to the list of gifts, um, but this time he kind of puts them in order. And, and he, he, ta- he says first apostles. And that one, it's a unique relationship that they had with Jesus Apostles had a unique relationship, so they, it kind of makes sense that they're first. Like, they walked alongside Jesus. And then he says, second prophets. So those are people who have a unique message from Jesus that they need to share and to preach. And then teachers, they have a unique ability to teach and to um, tell the truths of God. And then he goes on to say miracles and healing and helping and leading and various tongues. And so I don't, I don't want to get too hung up on the fact that he puts a one, two, three, um, but that the church needs all of those gifts still. And, and, um, and then we get to the very, uh, the very last two verses, and he says, um, but desire the greater gifts. And all of a sudden, it sounds like, wait a second, Paul, you've been saying, like, everybody's got a gift, and it's good, and we all work together. What do you mean greater gifts? And so this is going to be the cliffhanger for next, well, two weeks, that we're going to get into what makes a greater gift. Um, it, it's not necessarily the what that you do, but it's the how. So um, so most important thing I think I want you guys to take, though, from this lesson is verse 18. Um, and it says, but as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. So if you claim Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He has given you a place, it, you know, here at Hype, here in our community, here in the, the, the bigger church, the church universal. He's given you a place. He's given you gifts. And he has put you exactly where he wants you to be um, to love him, to love others, and bring him glory through that. So that's all I got. Oh, Oh, yeah, sorry. I do not. I have more questions. So we we aren't going to go into small group times. Um, So these are going to be kind of more rhetorical questions. But how does viewing the church as a body change your idea of what we do in church? Because a body can't just be a few people. You can't say, ah, I don't really need my arm. I'm going to cut it off today. <laughs> like, I can't just walk around with missing body parts. Like, if you're a part of the church, you're a part of the body. Um, and then, where do you see your role? So where do you see what you can do? I know you guys are young, but don't let anyone look down at you because you're young. I think that's in First Timothy 4, 12. Is that right? I pulled it out. It's in First Timothy, I think, chapter 4. But you guys, even now, have a part to play. So I want you guys to think about those. And, uh, yeah. So um, pray with me real quick, and then we will do another game, I believe, right? right? Father God, you are so good. Um, I know we're here, and, and it's it's a Super Bowl night, and you know, there's, there's a team playing, and they've got different functions, and, and they've got a coach, and um, 
they're playing for a trophy. Um, but they're imperfect people. They're, they've got an imperfect coach. They're playing for a perishable trophy. And that's not what you've called us to. Um, you are a perfect coach. You give us perfect, good gifts. Um, we just have to be willing uh, to use those gifts for your glory. Father, I pray for these these kids' lives that as they grow up in the church that they would discover their gifts and that they would be um, uh, a blessing to you as they use them uh, for your glory. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.